from Ferndale. It's time now for... ML Elric. Why, man? How's your stomach? MLC. Why? Rich food get any trouble? Who is this? Boy, your old buddy. Sean Windsor. Oh, hi. Sean. Glad you got my message. Yeah. How about dinner tonight? At Fellhauer's. Shrimp gumbo, oysters, Rockefeller. Yeah, sounds fine. Only I've got to do some work first. You asked the rocket to touch it right in the It's gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, Emil. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Alan? Hey, kids. It's your old pal, ML Elric, coming to you from uh, my dining room. Although, with the country and the state and the city soon to reopen, maybe I'll be coming to you from your living room. And coughing in your face. <laughs> then we'll see how you feel about them masks, eh? But I don't want to get ahead of myself here because we got a great show lined up. We have a lot to talk about. And we have the most august assemblage of intellectuals we could possibly find. Of course, it's really hard to do a proper search when you're confined to quarters. And that means our guests <laughs> this week, our hosts this week, our team this week is Mark Fellhauer, quarterback, Sean Windsor at tight end. Joey Zuver is calling the plays from the sideline and our secret weapon, Matt Jennings, the editor of soft magazine and the curator of this week in soft history, fellas wide receiver and wide receiver. Okay. That's right. Well, uh, make sure you kneel for the anthem and we are brought to you today by Altus beer. Altus beer is our Facebook sponsor. And we really appreciate it when you watch us live on, on Facebook, whenever we tend to get the show going, you know, we try and get it going around noon on Tuesdays. If you miss the live broadcast, you can always watch the replay on Facebook. You can share it, but you can't get the whole thing. So we encourage you to listen to the show as well on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, Spotify, or go to our website, mlsoulofdetroit.com. When you don't get the whole show on Facebook, you're missing things like Room 7609, you're getting listener feedback, and you're getting some shameless plugs for our merchandise and donating opportunities. Mark, how do people give us money? Um, well, any way they want, but I think the easiest way is uh, the website, mlsoulofdetroit.com. There's a little donate button right at the top. Just go boop and then put in your amount. It takes you to PayPal. It's very simple. Yeah. So we appreciate that. If you want to do it Detroit City Council style, you can give it to us in a brown paper bag. <laughs> Whatever you are comfortable with, we will take it. And if you want to get some sweet merchandise, I you can the go brown to paper bag, actually. drewandmikestore.com. That's, uh, that's where you find the really cool swag. And uh, some of it's going at a pretty cool discount. And very soon, just in time for Father's Day, we will be launching a Soul of Detroit trucker's hat. So check that out. Anyway, I want to tell you about, about Altus beer. It's the beer that you'll find in my garage, just as it was in my grandpa's garage, just as it was in some German guy's garage, a few blocks around here. Maybe it was on Freud street, but we call it fruit because it's Detroit. I can't explain it. It's a, it's an original Detroit lager that's making a comeback here in the greatest city in the world. Altus is the do anything anytime with anyone beer. Fun fact about Altus, it only takes six Altus to make anybody a 10. Now, we've got a lot of things about Detroit that have gone away. Well, here's something that's coming back, Altus. And it's coming back better than ever because unlike the original, which 
honestly was a little watery. This one is packed with flavor and good flavor. It's not like sucking on a tea bag like you get with one of those hopped up beers. This is a classic lager, easy drinking, delicious, refreshing. Go to altus.beer and find the location nearest you. Yes, you can still find it in stores. And if it's not in the store that you go to, send them a note at altus.beer and they will try and get it stocked on your local shelves. And if you go on the website, let them know that you found out about them from ML's Soul of Detroit. We're also brought to you by Lindsay Broadwell of Broadwell Homes. If you're locked in and you realize your house is too small, then it's time to call our realty sponsor, Lindsay Broadwell. When it's time to move into a new home, whether you're buying, selling, or both, you need to contact Lindsay Broadwell. You heard me right. Your house is one of your most valuable investments, and that's why you need an agent you can trust and who knows the business inside and out. Lindsay started her career with our friends at Hall Financial, and she's an expert in real estate. Lindsay will make sure you get the most out of your house and that everything goes smoothly by finding you a new home that fits your lifestyle. Buyers, sellers, especially first-time buyers, make sure you contact Lindsay at broadwellhomes.com. That's broadwellhomes.com or call 248 248- 767-7767. She's a licensed realtor at Remax Nexus. That's broadwellhomes.com. 248, just punch a bunch of sevens and sixes until Lindsay answers. And when she does, make sure you let her know that you found out about Broadwell Homes from ML's Soul of Detroit. All right. Yeah. So um, while I was in Lansing last week for the latest protest, I actually spent uh, a few hours in one of our rental homes in East Lansing filing my story on what was billed as Judgment Day. And it was J-U-D-G-E-M-E-N-T Day. So I don't know the extra E is for Elric because I was there. I'm not really sure. (laughs) The big banner behind uh, the uh, speakers on the State House step was Freedom with an extra E. I don't know if that was for me or if that was some sort of William Wallace thing, or maybe just folks spent so much time studying the Second Amendment, they forgot where the dictionary is. I don't know, but it was quite a day. It was, uh, instead of Judgment Day, it was more like uh, time for Noah to build his ark. We got so wet. But it it got me thinking, everybody wants to reopen the country, and um, everybody who's an expert seems to agree that that's, possible if you're being very, very careful, if you're wearing a mask, if you're not standing too close to each other, and if you're not going out of the house unless absolutely necessary. And here I am uh, with my mask on, surrounded by people who are standing next to each other, no masks, Mm -hmm. running around, uh, making all kinds of commotion, and getting rained on. And I, 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 I couldn't help but wondering whether we're maybe getting a little hasty um, um, I don't know. Am I the only one? Well, I think there's a lot of people out there that feel that way, that maybe it's being a little hasty, but there's a lot of people that don't care. Yeah, or they don't believe, I, which I think is one of the things that I found. You know, a lot of people have been concerned about these protests. If you missed our show um, last week with uh, with with uh, Chris who came on, uh, excuse me, Brian Cash, who came on and talked about his appearance in a a very uh, widely circulated photo where he was yelling at lawmakers from inside the state house. There was a lot of concern that these gatherings would be uh, dangerous, would be violent. I can tell you this gathering on Thursday, it was more like, uh, it was almost like a company picnic. I mean, people were very, 
happy. They were excited. It was it was very strange indeed, and there was very little hostility, although there was a lot of firepower. I don't know why people thought they would be so violent. I guess maybe that's because people wanted to bring their long guns and, and be a little intimidating. I, I never It never struck me as them being violent. I think the message is kind of a little disjointed and all over the place they have another one coming up this weekend that's going to be basically like a fair there's going to be food i don't i don't know how this is being set up but you know they're going to do haircuts and there's going to be arts and crafts and you know basically sounds like a fun time but what i'm surprised reading some of the comments from people is that they're they won't be shut up by the governor's empty threats and i, and I think the problem really stems from what what is Whitmer's intentions with this? These people obviously feel it's just to shut everything down to win something. I think her intentions are genuine. I think a lot of her orders have been very confusing and not necessarily the way I would go with it. But I guess that that's when you when you ask that question, where does it start? I guess you have to start with the intentions. Yeah. So so there's been a lot of confusion uh, initially. I think. Mayor Mike Duggan in Detroit has been very aggressive and very, uh, very proactive with this. But I remember the first briefing I went to where he said, you know, uh, this thing's coming up. We need to be we need to be aware of it, but it's too soon to panic. And uh, the first couple of meetings were, well, I think the schools can stay open. Uh, yeah, I think the rec centers can stay open. Yeah, I don't think I think it's too early to say we should wear masks. Well, all those things have all been reversed and probably rightly so. But but I'm I'm willing to to cut people some slack on this notion of, you know, things are a little confusing because where's the playbook for this? I mean, the last mm-hmm. time we had anything like this was 1918. And if you remember what happened in 1918, you were six and now you're 108. So I'm not really sure we're going to get a lot of good input from the survivors of the last worldwide uh, uh, crisis like this. So I, there's going to be some fits and starts, but, um, but I don't understand this notion of Whitmer wants to punish people. And, and I'll tell you why, because she is going to be called to account in a couple of years for not fixing the damn roads. Yep. And when everything's closed, there's no, there's no income taxes. There's no property taxes. There's no sales taxes. There's no money to fix the damn roads. And there's nothing politicians like more than having money to spend. And there is less money to spend. And she ultimately is going to have to answer for that because if we get through this, in two years, people are going to say, you know, nice job with the shutdown, but the roads still suck. What happened? Now, this state is, in my eyes, a lot more cautious than other states, for better and for worse. So maybe maybe she's playing the cautious route. I mean, she talks all the time about listening to scientists. But I think this is where, Sean, you come in. I'm going to do a Sean impersonation. I don't know if I can push, if I can do a deep voice, but this is where Sean is supposed to say, why can't we admit that we don't know everything yet? Wait, wait, that was the Sean impersonation? No, I, did, I decided I can't, I can't go that low. He's got such good, po- well, when can we decide that? Uh, I don't know. Go ahead. You say why, it, why, why can't y'all just admit that we're fixing to get some knowledge too, from some smart fellas up north? Too much of a Southern draw. Oh, damn it. Who's closer, Sean? That is a little too much of a draw. Isn't that is it? a little too much of a draw. I would say, uh, I don't know. <laughs> may, may, maybe just a frog's leg too long from a lily pad. I don't know. I don't know shit, man. That's the thing. I don't think it's, why, why is it so hard to say that? I mean, look, we can't say shit. I get it. In certain parts of our society. I don't know anything. How about that? 
Well, we don't want you to shit in certain parts of our society ever. So I don't know about the sometimes there. I mean, this isn't isn't the Borat movie. Why do people want to go up and fly the plane all of a sudden? Why do they think they can? When did that start, Mark? You're the sociologist among us. You're the the anthropologist among us, Mark. Uh, I'll just blame the internet. Everything gets blamed on the internet. Um, Because people don't, in this country, people don't like to be told what to do. And we don't. We don't follow orders very well for, once again, for better and for worse. Not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but we, we don't like to be told what to do. And I think now, aren't we, are we at the point, and it, I mean, it kind of goes to what you said, ML, but things, things do change. But aren't we kind of at the point where people know what to do? Do people know what to do? Well, we've been told what to do. And I think that's kind of the problem is people feel like you're not the boss of me. I mean, one of the things that that has frustrated me, I, I, I very early on, I heard Donald Trump say that he was like a wartime president. And I was encouraged by that. I think a lot of people were nervous about that. But I don't think that's the way things have played out. So get ready to give me your one star ratings, uh, Trump folks, because I know people are going to lose their mind over this. But listen, FDR was a wartime president and he did not say, hey, Detroit, if you feel like it, could you make some bombers? Hey, there, uh, guys in Wisconsin, you know, if you if you wouldn't mind, could we get some bullets? And then uh, those of you guys in uh, in Oklahoma, why don't you uh, why don't you um, why don't you tap some oil for us? Oh, no, now you're tapping too much. oil. No, don't tap some. No, get some oil. OK, I always told people they should always tap oil. I mean, we are not getting leadership on this. And one of the things that you hear is that when people get mixed messages, they, I mean, they tend to well, grab onto the ones that most suits but, them. But and see, so not, we see, are not moving in one direction. We are not one nation united. And we do not have this, this, this enemy. We do not have a battle plan. Now take everything you just said, but instead of nation, you state, and instead of Trump, use Whitmer. And that's how that side feels about Whitmer, that she doesn't have a cohesive plan and isn't organized and has mixed messaging. That that's how that side feels right now. So here's, here's, here's where this comes back. Uh, so we have some smart people in Michigan at the universities and on the state payroll, no question about it, but I like to think the smartest people are all assembled in the federal agencies that they uh, they stick around for more than just the four eight years that a governor's around, and that there are probably some international experts. It would be so much better, I think, the if we listen to the best of the best who give us their opinion as opposed to the best in fifty states giving us up to fifty different opinions. And so, people I met at the protest, uh, a really great family from around Plymouth named the Snipes. You know, they were concerned because they said, where's our plan? Ohio has a plan. Now, Ohio locked down first Mm -hmm. and harder than anybody. So we kind of followed all Ohio and now they're opening up. So, you know, when you're able to say, well, people are at the beach in Florida, but why can't I go to Grand Haven? You know, it's confusing. People can pick and choose. Mm -hmm. It's very confusing. You you can pick and choose, but at some point, don't don't you have a responsibility to to sort of understand that it was worse here, right? Or at least try to understand the motivations a little bit. And as far as us not wanting to be, nobody wants to, told, nobody wants to be told what to do. And that's true for probably most people on the planet. On the other hand, we accept all sorts of things. We wear seatbelts, right? For example, you know, we wear helmets when we got on motorcycles, depending on the state. Uh-huh. Now, I know, I know a lot of motorcyclists don't want to wear a helmet. I used to have a motorcycle myself, and I wore a helmet, partly because I want to protect my own head. But see, it's not just about 
you, is it? You wear a helmet, not just to protect yourself, but for the person that hits you, then they don't have to live with the death on their life for the rest of their life, right? On, on, on their soul. I mean, it's not just about you at some point. Can, can, can we agree on that? I mean, but where we end, where your idea of yourself ends and the next person begins, you got it. that's where it's fuzzy. You got it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I was talking to a friend of mine last night who lives in an older apartment building downtown and his thing, and he feels kind of bad about it, but he also feels obligated to do it is when he sees somebody in the lobby or on the stairway or getting on the elevator who doesn't have a mask, oh, he God. asks them, where's your mask? And we know from talking to uh, to uh, uh, Chris Bush or Brian, Brian Cash. Why well, keep saying Chris Bush? Brian Cash last week, and some of the people I spoke to in Lansing. There's a feeling out there that uh, the uh, the virus is so small that a mask is ineffective. And there's some people who can't wear them because they have a phobia or they may have some sort of condition. But one of the things that concerns me about that is there are a lot of people out there. Well, first of all, all the experts say a mask is what you should be wearing. So, so you know, but why would we listen to people who've studied this? Because okay, but, but let's, they're, okay. they're, they're much smarter. They're not as smart as, as, you know, shemp on the corner. But as a courtesy to other people who are concerned, why not wear a mask just to say, I respect your concerns. I respect your wishes. One of the reasons why we cut our lawns is partly so the neighbors don't say, hey, your lawn looks like shit, brother. Get on it. It's peer pressure, right? For sure. But, but there's no peer pressure here. The pressure here is now, it, it's almost like an inverse ratio where it's like, oh, you want me to wear a mask? Well, watch this. No, but there are plenty of people, I would bet, and I bet Mark agrees with this, there are plenty of people out there wearing masks that don't want to, but do it because they don't want to be judged. And, that, you know, I think the people that aren't going to wear a mask and say, you know, F you are, the, are the, in the minority overall in our country. Oh, then by a mile. What? By a mile, right? I think, I think right. It's a, and, then, and then there are probably there, there are probably people out there that are so scared and germaphobic they're going to wear masks no matter what. But then you have some bunch of people in the middle that are going to wear them for a lot of different reasons, including they don't want to feel shamed, especially if they live in a, a more liberal community. They're absolutely going to feel the peer pressure. Well, and there are people who are not going to drive a hundred miles on the highway because if they drive over seventy, they're going to get a ticket. So. I'm sorry that their their desire to uh, to break the sound barrier has been somehow restricted. But as somebody who doesn't want to get driven off the road by somebody going 100 miles an hour, I don't really care what their motivation is. I just want them to do the right thing. And the and the one thing, so so there's all kinds of jackasses spouting off. But the experts, and I'm sorry, they're called experts because they've studied this. Because this is as important to them as uh, as Call of Duty is to you guys who don't wear the mask. Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then let's say um, whatever um, my my uh, sex slave dot com, whatever it is you spend your time studying, they say that we should wear the mask. And and by the way, what does it hurt? And by the way, I interview a lot of people, and a lot of you mother scratchers should be wearing masks anyways, or at least yeah. chewing gum, because there's some there's some dragon breath out there that the masks are helping out with. So on on behalf of reporters everywhere, if you can't find an Altoid. Get an N95 mask and quit sucking on garlic bulbs. Well, I, I think the masks aren't a matter of whether they work or not. It's now a symbol of freedom, and I'm getting really annoyed by this argument. You know, a lot of people say there's there's no free speech anymore. You can't say what you want because you'll lose your job. <laughs> That's not the purpose of free speech, just to not be arrested uh, by the government in charge, correct? And there are limitations right. on it. The new one is, you're taking my liberty away. I should be able to shop in here without a mask. It's like, well... 
a lot of restaurants have always had no shirt, no shoes, no service rules. It's exactly. their it's their decision as a company that's not a public well, they might be publicly traded, but not a publicly run company to allow that as long as it doesn't discriminate against sex, well, gender, same, depending on the we, state. We say the same thing about all sorts of standards of behavior, right? If you walk into Hobby Lobby and start motherfucking every, everybody... They're going to want you to leave. You're going to get... You're going to ask to leave. Yeah. Right? I mean, you can't just go in and say and behave and if you start, you know, sneezing all over people, even when we're not in a pandemic, you you know, you pull your pants down, you start wiping your ass in the middle of the aisle between the yarn and the, and the, and the stitches... <laughs> You know, you, you're gonna you're gonna get asked to leave. Now I will remind s- me to never go shopping with you. <laughs> but but now, that doesn't sound like a good time. But now there's 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 this issue, and Lisa Ann mentions it on the Facebook Live. You know, if if you're hard of hearing and you read lips, it's really hard to communicate if everybody has a mask on. So now, is it covered by the ADA? Is this a disability thing? And do you have to have people to prove that it is? I mean, it's it's a tricky well, it's a tricky subject. But a lot of those companies that's why they do especially groceries and whatnot that's why they'll do curbside pickup you just order it online and they'll bring it to your car so you don't have yeah. to do face-to-face communication we're headed but, that way anyway right it's like uh, what was the pixar movie we were all floating around <laughs> in lounge chairs and 500 pounds and couldn't wally move. wally i get ripped on for mentioning it too much but yeah that's our yeah. future and i'm yeah, fine yeah, with I mean, that we're, we're headed that way regardless of the pandemic fine, right? fine with mean, me that where we're going that well, looks so like, it looks like so fun. To, to to come back to the protest a little bit. I, I spoke to a wonderful woman from Lansing who said she is working, but she held a sign that said "Small businesses, I think, are people too." Something to the effect of, you know, small businesses need need uh, uh, some freedom to operate. And she wasn't wearing a mask. And I asked her, I mean, very politely, and she said, "Well, I have a condition where I can't." Mi- can't wear one and and we moved on so if you have an issue where you can't read lips or maybe maybe it 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 gives you a rash or you're allergic to whatever the material is somebody asked that you just say sorry i have a condition and then you kind of move on but 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 one of you guys hit on it this is not about this is not about what's in the best interest of people this is about Mm self-expression and 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 you are free to say whatever you want. You can exercise your First Amendment rights by standing in the street and cursing at people. But I, I just would like to suggest there may be a better way to express your individuality and your libertarian streak, just in the same way that, that you do have the right to bear arms and in this state at least to, to display them openly. But there's the chief medical officer in Ohio who may have saved thousands of lives by being so on top of this thing. People are going to her house and marching around in front of her house with their guns out. Now, they may have the right to do that, but you can't tell me that's about exercising your Second Amendment rights. That's about intimidation. And one of the things that I'm really concerned about here is that we have people yelling about tyranny, but we now have sort of the tyranny of the loudest, where we have people shouting people down. And I guarantee you that the state of Michigan would not be relaxing its restrictions right now if other people weren't doing it. This is not being driven by science. This is being driven by politics. And I refer you to our conversation from a couple of weeks ago, the Nobel laureate who'd studied pandemic novels and what he's found going over the last 400 years of literature is that politics ends up driving this. First, there's denial, then there's false falsehoods, and then there's death. And I'm worried that by being a little antsy, and by being a little pissed off that people are going to die 
And I don't like it when politics kills people because politics is supposed to be about helping people. What do you mean are going to die? Right. More are going to die. Yeah. I mean, we, what, what's the number, Mark? About 90,000. Mark Mark actually knows stuff. (laughs) We're we're talking about uh, 90,000. Yeah. So far, 90,000 people in three months. Why do, why do, why do we keep thinking that that's flu numbers? Those are not flu numbers. No, but the flip side of that is going to be, well, you're talking about 90,000 out of 350 million. And now you have everybody, you know, you have um, a lot of people unemployed. You have 33 million unemployed right now. Um, you know, and, and that, that's where you get to the actuary part of it. Who are these people dying? And is it okay? Not okay if they die, but. You know, you have to no, wait. but a lot like, of the same people that are dead? making that argument that you're making, sorry to cut you off, Mark. No, it's fine. Uh, that it's okay to die if you hit 65, but, uh, you know, God forbid if you're a, an embryo, right, F- at, at five weeks. You know what I mean? There's no consistency. Who has there. more earning potential? Yes. Yeah, so how did we, we somehow we dragged Logan's run into a uh, anti-abortion debate. That's no, 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 I'm not. I'm not making a judgment one way or the other on abortion. I'm just saying, I, I hear this. I've heard this a lot the last month about, well, you know, it, it's kind of coded, right? Well, they're in nursing homes. Sure. So well, their, their life is not worth, it's sure, worth does, less. Somehow. Yeah. Well, but you know what? Private industry does that all the time and they, and, and government does it too. Politicians will never talk about it. Some lives are worth more than others. And, I don't want to be the one making that decision, but when you look at them as not, so if I, if I see a group of people, I would feel uncomfortable deciding whose life is worth more than others. If I see numbers on a piece of paper, they're just numbers and they're a piece right. of paper. What we don't do is make public moral judgments though, right? You're, you're right. An insurance company has its tables and they're going to charge, you know, certain people different rates because of uh, the actuaries and the log, the logarithms and everything else they're using. I understand that, but then I'm making a public announcement. What's that? Or the algorithms, but uh, yeah, yeah, algorithms. Yeah, but but so but here, here's the thing. So uh, this notion of we got to win every time, well, that, it's just not possible. Even the Yankees don't do that when the deck is stacked in their favor, or the Lakers, or anybody else. Yeah. So compromise is where we have to come in here. So maybe we're opening a little sooner because people want to get back to work. Maybe we're opening a little sooner because. People are getting stir crazy. Although I would refer you to a gentleman named. Uh, a uh, fellow name of uh, Mandela who seemed to hang pretty tough for uh, like 30 years for doing nothing wrong. But, but let's just get past that. Where's the compromise where, okay, you want to get your ass back out there and run all over the place. Fine. But they're telling you, keep your distance, wear a mask. These are just things that even if it turns out that it's, it's, it's meaningless, it, it makes no effect. It costs you nothing. Yeah. It's just listening to some good advice and it's being courteous to other people. So you want to get your ass back out there. Well, hunky dory, but why can't you do something for the rest of us? Why can't you stay off of my heels and why can't you wear a mask out of respect for me, out of respect for my family, out of respect for everybody I'm going to interact with. And that's my problem with it. If we're moving too fast. Okay. But let's be smart about it and let's be respectful about it instead of trying to rub your balls on everybody. Because let me tell you something, I'm going to squeeze them till they burst. And then we're going to see how much respect you get. Short stack. You lost me on balls. Sorry. <laughs> and short stack. I mean, what do you like a short stack of balls? I mean, what's going on? I, I thought we did have a, I thought we, to that point, I thought we did have a compromise. Isn't it the May 28th? Yeah. Right, I, you know, people got mad when well, she extended it. That's fine. We got that point. 
Um, I thought some stuff was very, very confusing with that. And now it's May 28th. So, okay, we'll wait till May 28th and see what happens. And the UP is open right now, right? A little bit. And, and yeah, uh, zone Partially. six, zone six yeah, and zone but, eight, whatever those are, are open. Basically, but you're also, su- lives. you're also supposed, well, there, there goes our, there goes our big listenership in Ishmael. I didn't, I'm not saying people <laughs> up there are nobodies that don't twist it. I'm saying yeah, the, the, there are 300,000 people over the, over the, in a piece of land that's the size of the Northeast. Uh, in addition to our Soul of Detroit t-shirts, we have a Marquette Hates Sean t-shirt that's rolling out. Uh, please be sure to get those. I love Marquette. Uh, it doubles as a mask. I actually love Houghton Hancock. That's my favorite little spot up there. Yeah, I figured you'd like Hancock since uh, yeah, that's how you spend the, a lot of your free time. And the Kiwara Peninsula. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about, I don't know about that. But um, uh, you I, I just spend the money to get it that far away. I understand. You know, here's one of my problems is we have a lot of people spout about their rights and about the law and all that other stuff. Well, right now the law is that if you go into an enclosed public space, you have to wear a mask and people aren't following is that, that. Wait, is and that so a law? That's not a law. That, that's the governor's executive order, which has the force of law. And now yes. we have people saying, uh, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to follow law until a judge tells me I have to say, yeah. you know, that's not how it happens. And, and uh, I know LaDuff had the uh, sheriff from Genesee County on saying mm-hmm. he's not inclined to follow some of these orders. Now, true, the police are not pulling people over like they used to. You can park for free in just about any downtown street right now, no matter where you go. But this notion of I'm not going to force a law. Well, let me tell you something about what's going on in Genesee County. And this guy was a strong candidate for Geek of the Week. We had a guy blow a booger on some people at a, uh, at a, at a dollar store. We had a guy get shot for trying to enforce the uh, mask policy at a store in Flint. And we just had a guy trying to enforce that you can't have too many people in a business in Flint uh, get shot by security because he wanted to fight with the security guy. So if you don't mind, Mr. Lawman, part of the reason why they call you a law is because you need to enforce the law man. And when you let it become the wild, wild west, people are going to get hurt. So, you know, I understand you don't want to be nitpicking people, but I think when you tell people, here's the deal. Uh, the cops don't give a shit. Do what you want. What you get yeah. is a lot bigger mess. I'd much rather go to this party store and say, sir, chill out, get to the back of the line, then send an EMS crew over there to take one of them to the hospital and a bunch of cops over there to break up the fight. It's just stupid. And I'm tired of people being stupid because now stupidity kills. It really does. By the way, get back to your protests. How many do you think of them? How many you? How many of the protesters do you think wore their wear their seatbelts on the way to Lansing? Um, uh, it looked like some of them came on a bus of not great length, but um, I, I think uh, a lot of them probably did wear a seatbelt. I and mean, they probably I didn't think twice about it, did they? Got in their car, put it on, click, and went off. Uh, in some cases, you know, you'd have to remove your ammo belt and your other stuff. But I mean, the, the thing is, I think people thought these guys who and, and there were a couple of women. In fact, there was a pro Whitmer woman who had a nine millimeter strapped on her hip. So the Second Amendment uh, does go blue and it does go red. It does. It does. But, no, I'm just the idea that we, we get used to uh, little things like that that might be inconveniences. I mean, I remember people balked, right? You probably did at the seatbelt. I remember uh, sitting on somebody's lap while they were holding the smoke and and driving with one hand. And I think they may, (laughs) you know, may have had a beer in the other hand. So, yeah, but 
But um, I, I do find but, a uh, huge sense of irony when people get mad at the governor's executive order um, or accept it. But then on the flip side, when Trump has his executive order, they're o- either okay or they're really mad at it. It's just it is always going to fall down political lines for whatever reason. It's maddening. Well, listen, I, I'm I'm a big believer in a diversity of voices and uh, different opinions. But I think on some of the stuff, we, we just there's not much debate that there's things that we should be doing that's smart and that will protect us and that will protect other people. I mean, you know, depending on who you ask, uh, I'm now immune to this thing, but I still wear my mask and I still give mm. people wide berth out of respect for them, because if it turns out I am bulletproof, I, I just I just want to treat people the way I want them to treat me and the people I care about. And if. If, if you have to express yourself, if that burning desire in you is so great that you have to be looking over my shoulder and then you got to be fogging up my glasses, I, I, you know what? Maybe we should, re- you know what we should reopen first? The mental hospitals, because those <laughs> folks need to get those, those screws tightened down a little bit more because I, I can hear them rattling with every step. I'd love to see a, a study or a survey on people's belief and how they fall on it and how many of those people either know someone or have had or contracted COVID-19 because I do think that changes your opinion on, on the disease in general, on the coronavirus. If you know someone that had it like ML. But, but I think, I think beyond that, this is just common courtesy. This is treating people with respect. It's not enough to say that I have my rights because you have your rights and so do I, and your rights kind of stop at the point where they infringe on mine. So let's, you know, I mean, some of, some of this is just respect for others. It's just, well, it's common courtesy and it's common sense now. So, you know, come can, on, man. Can we just start a movement to not be a dick? Why are there so many dicks out there? Amen. Right. Have your belief yeah, and it, not be a dick about it. And if you decide you want to shoot me, if you can't hit me from more than six feet away, I don't think you should be carrying. Okay, brother, because dead eye dick. The dead I don't know about, the dick part's pretty much guaranteed. <laughs> so, from dicks to Davids, this oh, is going to wow, be a, what a, a seamless segue what a, what to our good friend segue. David Hall and Hall Financial. Uh, we're going to go to Luke, but I think Luke doesn't want to be too close to that conversation. So let's 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 get to David <laughs> Hall, uh, and he cares about the community, which is what we all really do. I mean, that's what we're trying to do. We're not trying to come down on you. We're trying to make sure that you live a little longer so we can fight about something else. The stuff that Sean was talking about earlier. Can we fight about the Tigers instead? You know, can we go back to remember when the biggest deal that we had to talk about was Michigan versus Michigan State? Well, yes, Michigan State please. won that argument, but I'd like to try that's and argue it again where, later sometime. When? Um, but or David Hall, Mike. That's oh, exactly. David Hall, he's not a fighter, he's a lover and not like a, a creepy get out of my space lover. Uh, he cares about the community, and that's why the team at Hall Financial is working from home around the clock to help people save money by refinancing. It's a great time to look at your options. That's why many people are refinancing. Right now, if you haven't refinanced in the past year, Hall Financial is here to help. Now's the time to lower your monthly payments and keep some extra money in your pocket as we go through these turbulent times. That's right. You can put money in your pocket just by redoing your deals. And Hall Financial is the place to turn for that. My man, Dan Morrison, knows exactly how to make this happen. So uh, so why not see if you can save some money and cut down your obligations? If you're worried about the coronavirus, don't. 
Homes can be appraised without someone stepping foot inside your house. Appraisers are doing drive-bys and the real estate industry is back in business. Hall Financial Service is the fastest in the business and they have so many five-star reviews. I won't mention it because it makes the number of five-star reviews we have look paltry. I'll just say it's a lot. So go to our webpage, that's mlsoldetroit.com and click on their logo to get started or call 248 348- 3085000 that's 2483085000 hall financial lower payments better options more personal attention nmls 1467435 and, rate, and, and rates keep going lower and lower and lower i think they're like 3 for 30 or fixed like 3.15 i don't know call hall he'll tell you yeah, at one point the fifteen year was like two and three quarters. Yeah. I mean, it's it's insane. It's crazy. So, so make some f- smart financial decisions, folks. One of the best ways to to secure your future is to make the most out of what you have, and then to turn turn to somebody who can take what you have and turn it into even more. That's Luke Nowacki. The last couple months in the market have been ridiculous. In the month of March, the Dow experienced a daily gain or loss of one and a half percent or more on five separate trading days. To put that in context, over the course of 2017, there was only one trading day like that. And these were happening five times in one month. Volatility is back. And if you have concerns over your investments or you'd like to talk about your strategy, give Luke Nowacki a call at 248-663-4748 or email Luke at lnowacki, that's L-N-O-W-A-C-K-I, just like it sounds, at jhnetwork.com. That's John Hancock Network. Dot com or John Henry or whatever, jhnetwork.com. Luke has been doing this for nearly 19 years and has helped clients through the dot-com collapse in 2000, the 9-11 downturn, the 0203 downturn, the housing and financial collapse of 0809, and he can help you right now. He will make it all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRASIPC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. I won't change my mind on anything, regardless of the facts that are set out before me. I'm dug in, and I'll never change. Before we jump into our great debate, which we debated what we would debate, which was an interesting discussion, or you could say a debate, I want to remind you, when you talk to our sponsors, let them know you found out about them from ML Soul of Detroit, because they really are the reason we're able to keep doing this, and we want them to know that you care about us and that you care about them. And and I, I do, this is my fault, I want to talk for just a minute about my Gabe Leland story in the oh, free press yeah. before we get going. I, I meant to start the show with that, but I got so ginned up. Let me tell you something. The people who showed up at the protest in Lansing, most of them really good people, one-on-one, had some really nice conversations with people, even though we were all reigning and even though I'm part of the evil media. I'm just, I just really hate the way that the leadership of this country is trying to divide us to rule us. And, and I, I hope that we can always remember when we see each other that we are human beings, whether it's under a mask or not. And if you're seeing me and you're not wearing a mask... See me from down the block, brother, but I, I hope the rest of your life goes just swimmingly. So, um, so on Monday, the free press, freep.com, we'd appreciate if you'd subscribe because it's what keeps us digging up stuff. It's been all coronavirus almost all the time, but we did have a story about Gabe Leland, our Detroit City Councilman, that three years ago, almost to the day, 
accepted some money from Bob Carmack, the controversial Detroit businessman who seems to be fighting with everybody. Mm -hmm. And we were reporting that while that case is dragged on, it looks like it may be heading to some sort of resolution. Um, We've got a, a, a plea deal that may be in the works or the case may be moving to state court, which is pretty weird. Um, and I've heard from a lot of people, city employees and uh, people in public safety in particular, who keep coming up to me and saying, why is Leland able to go to work every day without any restrictions whatsoever? Because if you were a cop or you were a firefighter or an EMT or just about anybody else accused of major malfeasance, misusing your position, at a minimum, you would be suspended with pay but we would not put you in a position where you could continue to do the things that you're accused of doing, because if you did them, you might keep doing them. And I wonder what you guys make of all that, because to me, it's a little extraordinary to see a guy dangling that long, particularly in a public position. But, um, but it's, it's just, a, it's a strange situation. Can you answer a really dumb question for me? Uh, this alleged 15 grand bribe that uh, Carmack paid Gabe Leland, what did he expect to get for it? So Carmack has all kinds of legal fights with the city of Detroit, all kinds of property fights. This is about and, the deed, uh, right? There was a piece of property that the city uh, seized from Carmack that Carmack said he still was the legal owner of. And the city said, well, we take it. We knock down the building and, um, and we're going to sell it. And Carmack wanted them not to sell it. So he turned to Leland, who serves on a key city council committee, oh, okay. to try and stop any potential sale of the property that he said was wrongly taken from him. Wow. 15 grand. It's a lot. Well, Leland, according to the feds, and I guess we'll hear it on tape. If this thing ever gets in court said, uh, I should ask you for 30, but I like you. So 15 <laughs> may have been a bargain in the end. Um, uh, the feds say that Leland only got $7,500, which was money that the government had supplied to Carmack. So, um, so it's, uh, you know, but we'll see where this case ends up. I know things are slowed down because of some twists and turns in the case. And now with the coronavirus out there, I started um, looking into this story basically because I thought we'd do a whole episode of this show on winners and losers of the coronavirus. And I thought one of the losers would be Kwame Kilpatrick because I thought he was very close to getting released from federal prison with a pardon from, uh, from Trump. Uh, and one of the winners would be Gabe Leland because his case isn't going to trial because nobody wants to impanel a jury or get in a courtroom and argue anything. And in the course of looking into that, I saw that uh, that the uh, feds and his attorney uh, are saying we want to delay the trial because we may have a deal. Now, of course, his attorney says Leland's done nothing wrong. The money that changed hands was not a bribe. Uh, no crime was committed and that we're not really trying to work out a deal. That's just boilerplate language in there. But if you read the story at Freep.com or if you find it on my Facebook page, which is ML Elric, or if you find it at, um, if you find it at uh, my Twitter page at Twitter, you'll see that, um, you'll see that um, uh, uh, some of the experts, some of the people who have worked in the U.S. Attorney's Office say uh, that's not just boilerplate, that, that, that language means something. Steve Fishman, his attorney, you just said, said that money wasn't for a bribe. So how did they, they admit to taking the money? And if so, what is it for? Do they, so they, do they, I mean, they don't have to present a defense, but have they alluded to what it's for? 
Yeah, they're they're not going to tip their hand on how they intend to uh, defend themselves. But one of the one of the notions that I've heard floated is that it was a campaign contribution. Now, <laughs> seventy five hundred dollars exceeds That's, every yeah. campaign limit. Uh, you can't give a campaign. By the way, campaign contributions must be written in a financial instrument like a check or some sort of, you know, um, uh, it can't be hand to hand cash. Mm-hmm. So it violates a couple of different laws. But I've heard people say, OK, if he took too much money, if he took it by an improper financial instrument, in Return. other words, cash, charge him with that. You know, so wow, what a so there's there's some issues to be hashed out here. But um, but and, and by the way, Steve Fishman, uh, legendary yeah. uh, Mumford High School guy played uh, basketball, uh, I think, on the scout team at U of M. Um, he's, he's, uh, he's a handful on and off the court and in the court. So I, I think, you know, if this thing does go end up, end up going to trial, we're going we're gonna to have these issues hashed out uh, quite, uh, quite vigorously. Scout team, he was, a, <clears throat> he was a scholarship player. He played. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, no, he was a point guard, shooting guard, undersized. No, he played. He was a good player. I, I wouldn't want to go up against him. And of course he defended one of the greatest Wolverines of all times, or should I say all time out? Oh yeah. Great. So, uh, but yeah, he played he's, with he's, Cassie Russell, right? If I'm not mistaken. I don't know. Uh, no, he played, he played with Rudy Tomjanovich. Sorry. In the seventies. Yeah. Uh, Hall of Famer, Rudy Tomjanovich. That's right. Mm-hmm. In any case. So anyways, yeah. So if you'd like to know more about that, uh, or if you know something about that case, uh, please uh, check out uh, Freep.com or look at it on social media. It's uh, it's sort of an extraordinary case and hopefully will be resolved soon, either so Mr. Leland can clear his name and get back to doing what he does, or so that uh, the good people of Detroit can have a representative who they know, or at least they haven't found out yet, isn't a bum. I feel like we did our segments backwards. Yeah, I mean, we should have started <laughs> okay. with Leland. That's my yeah, fault. But uh, but it's 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 kind of a big deal. It's an interesting case, and there's some twists and turns where the feds asked Kim Worthy to take it, and Kim Worthy decided not to take it because of a conflict. And you know, it, it's quite a twisting yarn. And I think folks will enjoy reading it. And and I just want to remind people that at the Free Press, it's not just about COVID nineteen. There's all kinds of things we do, and there's Sean's work. And then uh, there's investigations. We're still keeping an eye on people and we're still trying to fulfill our role of being on guard for something like 190 years. Sean, have you had another uh, divisive column lately where uh, commenters were on both sides? Because I know you've had a few in the past. Um, anything anything today, recently? Nah, today I, I wrote about uh, the last dance and Michael Jordan and kind of uh, why the generations that uh, – that watched him play. Yeah. You know, like in other words, folks, our age, uh, maybe a little bit younger, but our age and older, why it's so important, why we want to think of him as the greatest, the mythology around him and uh, kind of versus LeBron and that sort of thing. So yeah. And people, people get upset about that all the time because I, I'm in the minority of people in my, my age in Jordan. How so you think LeBron's better? I think he's about, I think LeBron's the, is the, the, the most complete, most, uh, I hate this word, impactful, but never seen a player control the floor like LeBron. He didn't win like Jordan. There are lots of other things. I don't want to get into that debate now, but um, that's, that's just my view about just in terms of oh, the person with a basketball in their hands on the floor 
directing and doing what he did. In any case, it's not just about basketball, though, is it? And that's the last dance is is about legacy and building this man into this. I mean, he was a he was a global figure, right? Mm-hmm. He, he and I wrote in the column today. He represented American exceptionalism in a way, right? I mean, in that era, and 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 we romanticize that. And LeBron is much more complicated, and of today's era, which with social media, it's we're much more divided. It's I think there's all sorts of stuff. So. I think a lot of the divide happens now because it's really hard. I, I'm I'm with you by the way. I think on the court, I still Drew would kill me for this. I still think LeBron is a better player. Um, but I think a lot of it comes from their origin stories. You know, what's, what's, what's the origin story with Michael Jordan? He's, he's booted off his junior high team. He's, you know, and then his father died. And there's a lot of like tough things to overcome where you look at LeBron and here he was a high school star straight to the NBA. What struggles has he really had? And I think people relate to Jordan's struggles more than LeBron. They do, but young people who have grown up with social media where their lives are on a stage, so to speak, right? All these digital platforms. LeBron is of that, and he shares that stage with them to some degree. So they feel connected to him and the way he's navigated, never had any issues, really. Yeah. Uh, Maybe China, I guess, a little bit, right? But other than that, I mean, for all China. Yeah, for all the pressure and expectation he's had, he's succeeded. And, and so my kids, for example, and, and younger people feel attached to him and how he's navigated the world they live in. So they're protective of that. Well, when people always talk about rings and championships with Jordan, how come no one ever mentions Bill Russell? Why isn't he the best if it's just based on championships? I know, it's I just, know. Yeah. yeah, it's the shot making too, right? I mean, you know, the, the, the game winners Clutch. and all that. Yeah. So. In yeah, any but, case... But neither LeBron nor Jordan won a championship by themselves, right? They had to have that supporting cast. They did. They did. It's just interesting, though, that our, our sports icon, our, the iconic figures in sports, and there's not that many of them, we, we had describe all these other things to them, all these other part, the cultural aspects to them. And that's why it's so passionate and we're so heated in these arguments. And it's interesting. So. Well, I, I still think Bill Lambeer is the greatest of all time. Yes. You racist. Well, he, he took a bow in Portland in game three or four, whenever it was, in the finals in 1990. One of the great moments in Detroit sports history, right? He was getting booed and he took oh, a bow. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, the crowd. That's great. He was <laughs> I did not love that. He was entertaining. I, I, was, I was just thinking of his his work as the coach of the Detroit Shock. But uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was that was good in the finals, too. But uh, the way we had talked about this show, we're going to start with Leland and go into the trip to Lansing. I was going to provide a seamless segue into our great debate about whether Gretchen Whitmer is spending too much time on national TV and not enough time on uh, local issues. I, of course, totally screwed that up. But um, quick, quick flashback. And we're going to go to our great debate. Um, You know, one of the things I heard from people in Lansing is that they feel like Whitmer has manufactured this uh these hot spots in michigan that that she somehow and this was just some people i don't want to say everybody said this but that she somehow created these uh these these uh outsized number of deaths in nursing home to draw attention to herself to further her national political ambitions to get joe biden to pay attention to her and to parlay her responsibility of leading the state of michigan into a spot on the democratic presidential ticket. Now, I will just tell you that nursing homes have had, uh, they've been hit harder than anybody. And if you think they're bad here in Michigan, you should see what they're like in Quebec. I think they're finding just some some 
insane infection rate up there. Um, so I, I, I'm going to have to ask for a little more evidence about Whitmer um, creating uh, basically uh, stacks of bodies to stand upon to get Joe Biden's attention. And I don't think you need to stand on anything to get Joe Biden's attention because you actually need to duck down because he's in a basement. <laughs> but uh, but what do we think? Do we see uh, uh, Whitmer taking a situation that was not of her making, but perhaps parlaying this into something that benefits her? Well, I, I don't really care to see her on national media anymore uh, for the whole perception angle of it because people are going to point at that and say, look, she doesn't care about her constituency here. She's already moving on to the next level. Uh, I guess the question is, can she do both things at once? Because she is still a politician. She does still want to you know, turn this state for the Democrats in the election. But her number one job right now should be managing the whole coronavirus situation. So I don't really want to see her on uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers. I don't really care to see her on MSNBC. I just think it, it, it's a bad projection, personally. What about if she goes on Fox? I wish I wish she would. I wish more Democrats would go on Fox. Obama uh, used to go on Fox. That was always interesting. Um, from time, to, from boot, time to time. Boot Edge Edge was on Fox News all the time. He didn't shy yeah, away was. from that. I would, I would, you know, I don't really care about her being on there. I, I wish Biden would have the balls to go on there. Um, you know, do you th- think he's getting invited? Uh, I think that I think if he wanted to be on that channel, he could get on that channel. Maybe not with Hannity. You know, I, I'm sure there is a show that would take the Democratic uh, presidential candidate. They'd be insane not to. Yeah, I think that's I think that's probably true. Um, they do seem to be managing his uh, availability, certainly with the whole issue that, that we've talked about before. Most people about the alleged sexual assault, you know, when he decided to address that, it was in a very friendly audience there with yeah. uh, Morning Joe. Um, we've since right. heard now that, that Joe's been murdering people in the present say that, that, that Joe Scarborough's uh, uh, a murderer. I mean, you know, this is some. This is some tinfoil hat shit like I've never seen coming out of some places where I don't expect it. But but back to Whitmer, you know, I think there's two schools of thought on this. One is if you get out there and you take a position that's contrary to the people that you need things from. And we've heard from local state Republican Democrat leaders that we need more leadership from Washington. We need more tests. We need more masks. We need more PPE and we're not getting it. There seems to be a bipartisan consensus on that, that if you start poking the bear, particularly a thin skinned bear who may or may not have small hands, you are not going to get what you want. And Trump has said, he told the vice president who's leading the coronavirus response not to take the calls from Whitmer, but he said, Pence will probably do it anyways. And Pence has. And by all accounts, Pence has been a very gracious and accommodating uh, leader of that task force. So by getting on the wrong side of the present, you hurt the people of Michigan. Uh, The other school of thought is by making yourself the squeakiest wheel, you get the grease first and that you force the president to say, I can't have the leader of a battleground state making it look like I don't know what I'm doing. So I better get some stuff there lickety split so that she'll at least shut up. Uh, I'm not sure how that's played out, do do but it on, does seem from what I've read do you do that, that Pence has not held this against us, even if Trump has. Is, is the view or late night with Seth Meyers the place to do that? Well, 
politicians will tell you, you know, any place you can get, that's probably the governor right now. Um, <laughs> oh, geez. Um, I hope I got that right because I'm part of the liberal media elites. <laughs> uh, 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 but, um, but to me, I think if you go on any form where you can make your point. I mean, if, if, and, and if you want to speak to all people, you know, if you want to go on Washington week, you can talk to the 12 people watching that on C on PBS. And then you go on the view where you can talk to the, the hundreds of people who watch that during the day. To me, if I have a message, no politician will walk away from an open mic where they, they think they're going to be able to say what they have to I, say. I think that backfires though. Right now, I think it, I think it backfires. If we're in a crisis, why do that? Well, again, because you feel that there's some advantage. Now, the question is, and clearly she's doing this because she feels there's some advantage. Now, the question is, and this is where the protesters would say the advantage she's seeking is a personal one, as opposed to one for all of us here in Michigan. I think I think uh, it's too early to say, but I don't think there's any question that um, that there's a benefit to her to raising her national profile. Sure. And I, I think the, the real evaluation should be, uh, is this taking time away from what she could be doing to get us to a better place? Yeah. And, and who, who knows where we should go with this? No, I don't know. If, if you can't spare 30 minutes out of your day, and how often has she done this? Three or four times? So out of the two and a half months, if she's going to take a grand total of a couple of hours, to do this, I don't think that's the issue at all. I do agree she probably wants to raise her pro- personal profile for whatever political ambition. But beyond that, to me, it's a lot more simple. She's become a national figure because she went toe-to-toe with Trump, first of all, and because we have protesters. We have armed protesters. If we did not have armed protesters, Seth Myers wouldn't give a shit. He wouldn't. No. And neither would, neither would MSNBC. She'd just be another governor in another state. The protesters have made her interesting. Journalists want to talk to people because they think they're interesting. That is a big part of why she's talking. But and she's just saying, sure, I'll do it. I, I understand that. I and, and honestly, MSNBC, if she wanted to be on Fox or CNN, I don't have a problem with that at all. Um, it's the Seth Myers. It's the view where you're just going to give ammunition to those other people. Because I, I do think you can do two things at once. I do think she can be politicking and run a state. I, I just, I don't know. I, I just think those really kind of the perception of it isn't the greatest. You're just giving a ton of ammunition to the well, other the side. Well, has a, a conservative voice, one out of four, right? Yeah, and but not really. I think that's fake. Yeah, th- that's Megan McCain, but yeah, that is that is a liberal show. Um, but, but go but, on CNN, right, Mike? Isn't that where both, I mean, that's the one show or the one network where you see more or less an equal amount of Republicans and Democrats in terms of the politicians who come on to speak. Uh, I, I don't know about that. I, I tend to think that, uh, well, first of all, uh, if you are one millimeter to the right of center, CNN, MSNBC are indistinguishable. They're both deep state uh, broadcasting networks, you know, so. No, I understand so, the perception, but the reality is if you if you turn on CNN on a nightly basis, you will see senators and Congress folks who are Republican Almost every single night, right? Or somebody from that part. I mean, that's just how it is. It's not you'll, that way on MSNBC at all. What, what yeah. you'll, you're you're closer to the middle there. I mean, if you're Absolutely. looking for a fulcrum yeah. point, it's it's 
it's CNN. But the but but Whitmer has done more than just a few appearances. And I will tell you that getting ready for TV is not something like you sit down and start talking. I mean, you got to be ready for them to come to you. Something comes up. I mean, it takes up a fair amount of time. And and we heard uh, last week Mayor Duggan, who has been just as as uh, active a figure on these things, say that he gets calls all the time to do these shows and. He almost never does them. He's too busy trying to get PPE, trying right. to line up relief for people in the city of Detroit, things Great. like that. How many has she done? How many has she done? Seriously. I, I would say dozens. I mean, she's been on the Sunday morning shows. She's been on on the, the cable networks. She's dozens. Done. That means 35 times she's gone on uh, national Well, a few TV. minutes ago, you had two or three. So, I mean. I said three or four, whatever. The View, oh, okay. MSNBC, Now we're up to show. 36. I mean, I don't yeah, know. So, so, all of a sudden, four or five, okay, is 36? Uh, and I don't know what the number is. Let me be plain. But, but the thing is, there's a finite amount of time. And if you're spending time doing one thing, you can't spend it doing the other thing. Now, at the same time, she's not an expert on any of this. So I don't want her sitting there with a slide rule saying, well, when the death rate increases by 0.3%, we can open up racquetball courts. I don't. I think as an executive, what you do is you have people working around the clock on that stuff and you bring it to them and you say, okay, I'm going to make a decision based on what's most persuasive. But, but you know, Mayor Duggan, who's been a very effective leader as well, and I think Whitmer's been an effective leader. One of the reasons why there's so much controversy is because she's been very effective in, in getting her policies out there. He's decided not to do many of these. Now, of course, one of the ones he did do was Rachel Maddow. So you could you could talk about, you know, what his motivation is there. But but this is a this is a thing that cuts both ways. And, and I think the crux of our decision is, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Um well, Mark seems I, to think I, I, it's I, a bad thing. I think mainly Shocked. mainly based on perception because there's a lot of people that have filed for unemployment, um, you know, benefits that haven't gotten them. And how do you think that looks to those people? Uh, well, I'm one of them. I, I applied for uh, unemployment for the furlough week that I took, and I'm still waiting for the check because that system is just so overwhelmed. But I, I don't think... I understand why people. Uh, Gretchen Whitmer staying off of late night is going to get me my three hundred and sixty-one dollars any quicker. No, I know, but there's a lot of people that would feel that way. But they're also not wearing masks, and they got uh, they were walking around with a eight foot Pikachu with a AR fifteen on Thursday. I'm not sure that these are the people we want calling the shots. Has has Cuomo has Cuomo been on the View? I I I really don't know if he has or not. And has he been on late night with Seth Meyers? I mean, Cuomo's he hasn't needed to. His press conferences have been picked up by the networks in a way and been replayed and replayed and replayed. So he. He doesn't need to look. Governor DeSantis, the floor, the floor, the governor of Florida, or um, I keep the governor in Texas escapes me. I Abbott, see those Abbott. folks. At, yeah, I see those folks out there too. Maybe not on the the View, but on national networks. I mean, it, it's a, to me, it just doesn't matter. They all do it. You're gonna if you don't like that that political brand, you're not gonna like it. If you do, you're not gonna mind it. I mean, I don't mind whoever does it. To me, they're well, just. I, you know, it's just the way our world works. Look, I don't have a problem. I'm really one of those people that hasn't had a problem with Whitmer. If anything, maybe a little too cautious. But for the most part, I think she's done a pretty good job. I don't want to see her on those shows. That's just that's me. So Mark says no. Sean says go. And I say it's too early to say whether it's going to hurt us or not. But uh, but I will tell you. There's only 24 hours in a day, and if you're spending some of them on TV, that means there's something else you're not doing. Oh, man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's 
turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys. This is be a great chance uh, to talk about Gabe Leland again, but we're we're gonna just keep moving. Um, he's maybe geek of the year just because he's sort of an odd dude. But um, we have a lot of candidates. I don't know if it's the times we live in or or what. But uh, strong competition for Geek of the Week honors, starting with the K-League soccer team, FC Seoul, who ordered mannequins to make their stadium look less empty during games. <laughs> it was a great idea. There's just one problem. The team had to apologize after realizing that those Ursats fans were actually sex dolls. <laughs> then then we have Eric Trump. Get your, uh, get your nasty emails ready. But I, I he is wanna, now claiming that the coronavirus is oh, Mr. Mark. We got, we say, got a, a football fan. I just want to say about the sex doll. By the way, was it was it was it soccer or was it baseball? The fans. I don't know. But uh, it was soccer. Who, who was the person that recognized them as sex dolls and then had to say those are sex dolls? Because you would think if you recognize them as sex dolls, you might just want to keep that to yourself. Why are they the Geek of the Week candidate? I don't understand. What's the, they were trying to be creative, and they, they made a little mistake. Uh, Sean, if you would pan Sean. your camera around, I want to see how many inflatable women are sitting in your garage. But, you know uh, what? You can see the squirrel drinking out of the bird bath over there if you want. You know what I mean? I've never heard it referred to as a bird bath before. But, uh, but No, I mean, Geek of the Week, you should be nominating yourself for thinking people that work for the public have to spend 24 fucking hours a day serving the public. Otherwise, oh, my God, they're corrupt. Go ahead. You got, you got a got a crush on the old gov, do you? Is that what's going on? Okay, that's fine. Oh, you know what? I forgot. You know what the best sign I saw was at uh, at the uh, rally? There was a guy with a handmade sign that said "Vaccinate these nuts." Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, was he a Buckeyes fan? Uh, I don't know. He could have been a Gronkowski guy. I'm not sure, but uh, lots of, lots of funny signs there. Some some kind of kind of goofy. Anyways. Eric Trump is now claiming that the coronavirus is a democratic hoax that will magically vanish. He says, you watch, they'll milk it every single day between now and November 3rd. And guess what? After November 3rd, coronavirus will magically all of a sudden go away and disappear and everyone will be able to reopen. So I guess the Chinese Democrats have been killing all these people for no good reason. So, you know, listen, folks, I'm not here to pick on the Trumps and I'm not here to say, I finally know why Eric is considered the dumb one because I've been told that he's actually one of the brighter ones, but, um, but let's, let's get past this. The coronavirus crisis is real. Yep. Right. I agree. That's a stronger candidate. Whether you want to wear a mask or not. Yep. That's a stronger candidate. Who else do you have? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm going to call this guy a butte head. Uh, He's in Butte County in California. It's one of 22 counties in California that say they're ready to reopen for business. Well, there's a church in Butte County that decided to have a Mother's Day gathering in violation of orders restricting large gatherings. 180 people showed up. My man found out the day afterwards that he had the bug. And so now they're having to check everybody who was at that gathering. And so maybe now Butte is not quite as ready to reopen as everybody thought, which again, the problem is folks, if you don't follow the rules, you're going to set us back. You're going to set us back. And to make matters worse, I believe that guy is unapologetic about having the gathering still, even though he knows he might've infected people. God's word. Well, I'll tell you what, if I had a giant Pikachu contest on the AR-15, I'd get seven feet away from him and we'd have ourselves a little Butte County justice. Our winner is the fake cop who got busted because he was following real cops. 
Mike Martindale of Detroit News reports that a Lyon Township couple got busted after using a fake cop car to follow real cops who are on an undercover detail, completely unrelated to these two nitwits. Leonard Charles Harris and Leanna Page Garcia Stowe were arrested after apparently creeping up on the cops who were working a legit undercover detail. When the real cops checked the phony cops car, they found a bogus cop light, a nine millimeter uh, semi-automatic handgun, a fake cop badge, handcuffs, a police scanner, a spotlight, a straw with cocaine residue, and of course, (laughs) a one-year-old and a two-year-old child. And this was at 3 a.m. on a Saturday morning. So Leonard Charles Harris, Leanna Page Garcia Stowe, you are innocent until proven guilty. But until then, you're our Geeks of the Week. The kids are soft. I don't care for that guy. Me neither. Too soft. I'm going to pretend like you didn't just make my dick go soft. Well, hello there, buddy. Hi, Matt. I love how he takes command of the show. Yeah, hi, Matt. Hello. I, uh, I just want people to love each other, you know? Sick of it. You mean like in a some sort of orgy? Yeah, geez. Oh, uh, why not? Yeah, wow, you, this week in all, soft really. history, Caligula, and he doesn't seem so soft. That's, that's that would a, be a fun thing to do in the state capital. Ugh. Well, that's, that's a very uh, soft way. It's a start. different kind of gun. There, yeah, there'd be something firing, but it wouldn't be a bullet. Gross. Two are <laughs> such children. It went so wrong so fast. This feels like a completely different show. <laughs> when I'm on, it is because I'm not as professional as you guys. Well, I don't know if I would say professional, at least not me. That's saying Mark something. is. I don't know about Mark. I don't know who Mike is. I know ML. <laughs> Can you really ever know anybody named ML? <laughs> he was Mike on oh, the yeah. Eminem documentary. I'll just point that out. Should I get started? Yeah, and he please. was Marshall at one time, so you know. <laughs> oh, peas in a pod. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's Matt Jennings, editor of Soft Magazine, with this week in soft history. That's a way better intro than what I did. Okay, this is what happened this week in soft history. In 1927, a daring young pilot by the name of Charles Lindenberg took off nonstop from New York to Paris in a small monoplane, which he configured to his own design. He christened it the Spirit of St. Louis until it landed. Then he renamed it a plane carrying seven jars full of piss. Wow. And then he invented the Lindenberg cheese. Lindenberg. And, Gross. and then, then he had a blimp that caught fire over New Jersey. Uh, or the, that's or the, the urination, that's I think the, is what they said. That's the elitist reporter way of correcting that you mispronounced his name, Matt. What did I say? Lindenberg. Instead of Lindbergh. Oh, Lindbergh? Yeah. I'm sorry. By the way, his mom was an East Sider. She lived about five minutes from my house. Wait, Ooh. seriously? Hey, well, he was born here, right? Wasn't Lindbergh born here in Detroit? In Shores or Point? Uh, Gross Point Park. In fact, a kid who played hockey for me, uh, Brad the Tank Thompson, kid never played hockey, turned out to be like a natural beast in goal. His family lives in a house that I think Lindbergh's mother lived in. Really? Yeah. Hmm. That's nice. She was a teacher hmm. back she, when we liked and honored teachers. Was she anti-Semitic yeah. like uh, Charles? It was a long time ago. Wasn't Lindbergh known as an anti-Semite? Uh, he was president of the United States on HBO just a little while ago. <laughs> knocked right. off, knocked right. off uh, FDR. That. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yep. All right. Yeah, next. 
<laughs> next. Next. <laughs> oh, God. Like Lyndon Burke, cheese is getting a little ripe on that first item. Oh, boy. I can't wait to take this train off the tracks. Okay. In 1987, <laughs> racing horse Sunday Silence won by a nose at the Kentucky Derby. And all I can say is thank God horses don't run on their hind legs. Whoa, that's uh, that'd be won by uh, by a pair, by a horse cock, by one with a pair, horse cock, just wiggling around. Is everything gonna be related to genitals? But then he'd be running into the ground, right? I mean, I mean, I I don't want to visualize this too much, but sounds like you are. I'm the. I need to be the. I need to be the ones making the dumb jokes here, ML. Well, I'm still thinking about the first good, one. After doing so many stakeouts, I can't imagine that uh, my uh, partners at, in TV don't have seven jars of piss with them by the time we get our bad guys. <laughs> hey, Matt's only had a week. Give him a break. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. <laughs> what wow. A, what a vote of non-confidence <laughs> that was. Okay. <laughs> this is Matt's third week. In fact, we got a comment from a listener who said, Matt is great. Keep having him back on. And he's a terrific kisser. And then it's signed Mrs. Jennings. Oh, thanks, Bob. Your mom? Even though it's, her last name's Daborski. Uh, she's, it said why is your not Daborski. Why does your mom know Je- what a great kisser you are? <laughs> just on the because cheek. I kiss my mom. Big deal. Just on, the, just on the cheek. He's not afraid to show his affection. He's a, a real man. And sure. Alts's drinkers know that. Very That's soft. right. All right. And it's the butt cheek. And All the right. access drinkers can fill up seven jars of piss in, in short order. <laughs> That's for sure. Okay, in 1992, 224-pound strongman Dave Goddard pulled a 196-ton t- jumbo jet three inches, which I don't even know why that's such a big deal, because I pull three inches all the time. Complete silence. Once again, another. Yeah. No, no, I like that you're taking a shot at yourself, and uh, and it's another nice. dick joke. Yeah, I would no, do the same. I have no problem. It took with me dick a jokes. week to figure that one out. That's more than I pulled. So. <laughs> All right, and to finish us off, on this day in 2005, a then 43-year-old ex-teacher and convicted pedophile Mary Lou Laterno marries her former student Vili Falau. Eternal started a sexual relationship with Falau when he was only 12 years old. And breaking news, Falau filed separation in 2019. I guess he was just getting sick and tired of giving high fives all the time. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a solid one. I'll give you that one. Oh, thanks. I, it took me a week to <laughs> I do mean, that. I laughed and, at it. Apparently, Sean hated it again. And, Have you ever made Sean laugh? This week in soft history, I'm a jar full of piss. I mean, Matt Jennings (laughs) on ML Soul of Detroit, part of the Red Shovel Network. No, I thought that was funny. You actually bring energy. It's base month here on uh, on uh, ML Soul of Detroit in the Rue in the New Wave Suite. We have welcomed Monaco, which uh, is a band that wasn't around very long. It was a side project of a side project uh, born of one of the great 
new wave bands and one of the great new wave band feuds. But we're featuring the bass guitar because while there's so much synth and there's so much technology that's associated and so much fashion that's associated with uh, new wave music, I think it's important that we also recognize the virtuosity and just the down and dirty beats that can drive this music. So joining us is Monaco with What Do You Want From Me?
straining sound, that rich, deep, luxurious tone, that is Peter Hook on bass. You know him better as the bass player for New Order. Uh, bass Week here on ML Soul Detroit. Bass Month, actually, is brought to you by Elric Bass Guitars. I get no commission from my brother, but if you got too much money and you can really slam the bass, maybe you're a slap bass player, maybe just like a fine piece of wood in your hand. Uh, I'm not talking to Matt or Sean here because with three inches, I wouldn't call it a fine piece of babinga. But uh, check out Elric.com to find out more about Elric bass guitars. Anyways, Peter Hook uh, is one of the pro, the uh, antagonists in one of the greatest new wave rock battles ever between Bernard Sumner, the lead yep. singer of, uh, of new order who, uh, as, as Peter hook has said, got the guitar, got the, the keyboard player and the drummer in the divorce. He moved on <laughs> while, uh, while Bernard Sumner was slumming with, um, Johnny Marr and, uh, Neil Tennant of the pet shop boys in electronic, uh, Peter hook went off and formed revenge with a guy named David Potts, and from there, they went on to form Monaco. Mark, what do you what do you who, think of this? Who, whose side are you do you take in the uh, Peter Hook uh, Bernard Sumner battle? So I don't know who um, deserves the uh, the uh, who deserves uh, to be the popular one, but Peter Hook is certainly more, winning the charm war. Yeah, he's and very, uh, he's way more likable by a mile. Yeah, by a mile. Yeah. He no. he's uh, Bernard or Bernard got the band and Peter got the affection. And in fact, while new order rarely goes out on the road, I think they did a couple of uh, shows this summer in Miami and a couple other places. Peter hook tours with David Potts from revenge and Monaco as the light who uh, I've seen every time they've been in Detroit, fantastic shows, great stuff. Monaco was kind of uh, a one-off thing. Uh, so was Revenge. They had a great album. I believe it was called Pineapple Face. And if you really like liner notes, you'll want to check out uh, some of the art with that one. I'll just say that um, it's pretty, pretty hot. But uh, Monaco <laughs> cool is... Um, say what? I like that song. I, I thought it was cool. And I, I texted you while I was playing because I, I didn't know it was Peter Hook. Yeah, no. Well, you can if you listen to it, sense. you can hear you can hear that bass taking the lead and just really um, carrying the melody. But one one of the funny things about about this particular song is the video. There's a UK version and there's a US version. Hmm. And in the UK version, Hook and Potsy go into some casino with some beautiful women, and of course, there's there's a a, a little person in a tuxedo playing at the gambling tables, and everything else happens, and it's it's a very it's a very uh, bizarre video. The U.S. version is just the two of them kind of playing and then throwing bottles and glasses at the wall. So I'm not hmm. sure why people figured one was more suitable for another market or not, but but the song is absolutely awesome. And it really makes me want to hear more from those guys, more original music, because all of Peter Hook's in solo efforts were incredibly strong. Um, but now he's primarily playing uh, New Order stuff and throwing in a few things here and there. But uh, Monaco is your Solid. is your um, is your uh, your guest here in uh, the New Wave Suite, Room Seven Six Zero Nine. I would like to point out too. Usually, uh, New Wave people think of it as. 80s and rightfully so that song is from 1997 wow pretty recent yeah 
Yeah, it's uh, well, I mean, it's, oh, it's like 23 it. years old now, but it's definitely it's definitely sure. post new wave. I liked it. Sean, of course, hated it because he's not saying anything. No, I, I, I like that one. I especially like the chorus. Wow. The nice. sha-la-la or the what do you want from me? The refrain, you know, the, yeah. uh, I guess the what do you want from me? The hook. Yeah. Well, solid. I like the, uh, the, high fr- the high fret playing that really, that really complements the low bass. What are you um, talking about? The Scottish. <laughs> okay. Well, and, and if you ever see, um, talking way over if you ever head. see Peter Hook play live in person, he gets down real low on Just those kidding. strings. I mean, he goes like right down. I mean, he's he is on that thing. But I, I kind of think sometimes that that Sean's section of the show should be called Sorry. "What Do You Want from Me?" because it seems like <laughs> we're always disturbing him. He's fine, <laughs> Sean. You're fine, aren't you? Fine, I'm fine. It's okay. I am. Nothing yeah, really gets good. to him. I'm all Clicking good. Mark off. I'm just honored to be. Here with y'all and um, I'm, listening to some music. I'm just jealous that Matt knows more about me, like the intricacies of music. Because he talked <laughs> way over my head. Well, that's uh, a, that's a George Harrison thing, man. He he ruled. Oh, no, the, here we go the, again. Oh boy, sorry. Okay. <laughs> go outside, nerd. Get out. Go. <laughs> Well, anyways, that's Room 7609. We're always happy to get your submissions, your suggestions. We hear quite a lot of them, and this is one of the more controversial features of our show. Although, for a little while, our intros were drawing quite a bit of fire from people, which is one of my favorite parts of the show, and I think are, are very elegantly produced by Mr. Fellhauer. My least but, favorite uh, part. You know. It's my least favorite part. Well, it's because it's, it requires... Herculean effort. Yeah, hardly. But, um, hardly. Yeah, getting it. it from you. <laughs> What's that? They're getting the piece from you. Yeah, that's the oh, her- yeah, yeah. Herculean effort. It, it does. It does tend to be late in the process. But um, but we we welcome all feedback, constructive criticism. Uh, if you just want to scream at us, uh, you can do that into the phone three one three two eight eight nine zero seven zero. That's three one three Butterfield eight. 9070. Most people write to us and our address is mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com. We love to interact with you. We love to hear from you. We love to hear what you like. And we prefer, frankly, to hear what you don't like so we can try and either fix it or put you on the list of people who will be first against the wall when the revolution comes. I'm serious about that. But either way, <laughs> let us know what you're thinking. We have 455 star reviews and six one star reviews, right. which oddly enough includes this one. Oh, great. great show and interesting topics. So that's a one star review. What? So imagine how good backwards. the five star reviews are. Yeah, their scale must what? be backwards. They think one how is many, good. How many did we have? We had six one star reviews and one five star review? Uh, 400, actually, technically, uh, we have one five-star review. Sean has 449 <laughs> five-star reviews. Apparently, you're... you're I'm, I'm sure the six stars or the five stars or the one star, the one stars are for me. I'm, no, I think... I, no, I, think, I doubt that. I think even Gordo was a three-star. So, uh, so here's... Is, Mark gets the five stars. No, hardly. No, believe That's, me. I get to share one stars. It's, no, we... we uh, you know, actually, they're we, all MLs we, uh, because his name's on the show. Uh, like, like Mary Kay Letourneau, we all go down together. So, uh, five <laughs> stars across the board. Um, although we tend to try and make sure everybody's you know, legal age. Um, here's some feedback from Lisa. Matt Jennings was awesome with your wit and his, his humor. You're golden. 
Thank you for the laughter. I would love to see Matt back. Oh, thank you. I, I don't know whether this is a one night stand and you left your wallet or uh, they really enjoy your work, but we're, we're glad to have Matt Jennings with us to help lighten the show up during the coronavirus crisis, which the way things are going means you'll be a part of the show for the next seven years. Yeah. No end in sight. Or that's, that's one year for every jar of piss on the spirit of uh, St. Louis. Let it work. That's right. Uh, from Paul. Damn it. From Paul, thanks for all you do. And it's signed Rez. From Jim, after my appearance on the Drew and Mike show last Thursday. Uh-oh. ML Elric is a great journalist, no doubt, but he needs to stop trying to be witty, clever, and or funny with everything that comes out of your mouth. It's not working. You're none of the above mentioned. His Zoom call to the show yesterday was terrible. Wow. My God. Yeah. And, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but I'm just impressed that um, Jim was able to take a break from his furious masturbation to write that uh, that note. So, uh, no, Jim, seriously, keep polishing the bishop. Um, uh, from from Craig, uh, the show would be good if ML wasn't such a left winger. Yeah. If you want to hear CNN talking points, this is a show for you. Sad because ML seemed to be a good reporter. So let me tell you how this works. Yeah, boy. When I'm going after somebody you don't like, like Kwame Kilpatrick, I'm great. But when I say something even mildly critical of somebody you like, I'm the devil. Well, let me suggest something to you. Lighten up, Francis, because sometimes we don't like the truth and we want to shoot the messenger. Stop shooting the messenger. By the way, stop firing inspector generals. That's what Kilpatrick would do. And we'll be introducing a feature on this show soon in the the future called uh, Episodes in the Life of Black Trump, where we draw more parallels between the conduct of Donald J. Trump and Kwame Malik Kilpatrick. Because as you know, from listening to previous shows, I refer you to Black Trump, one of our first shows, that there's quite a bit of commonality in their conduct. Mm -hmm. Uh, Firing an inspector general for looking into something you don't like, Firing Chief Gary Brown from looking into whether or not there was a Manugian mansion party. Hmm. Change the names. The scenario is the same. It ain't Republican. It ain't Democrat. It's just truth. So quit being played. Uh, But thanks, Craig. I guess that's what I meant to say. Thank you, Craig. Um, (laughs) From uh, from Sir Lai. Lots of interesting topics. And ML never yells at us. Oh, shit. Um, That's right. I'll try not to yell at you again. Folks who donate to the show, we really appreciate it. We are offering a feature that someone, so far no one's taken us up on it, but we know this is just going to be a roaring success. We're calling it Cami Soul. It's sort of like Cameo. You make a donation. You tell us what you want us to say. And we share a wish or a greeting for somebody. Father's Day is coming up. Wouldn't it be great to have your favorite ML Soul of Detroit member give your father or uncle or dad or the creep down the block who used to let you and your girlfriend use the garage, even though he had a camera going, wouldn't you like to send a nice message to them for a donation of $20 or more? You can participate in our Cami soul program. Or you can just give us a one-star rating because that seems to get a mention too by name. Yeah. I I mean, we'll take more one-star ratings like that. No way. Um, We also want to thank our donors. This week's donors include Frank and Paul to donate, go to mlsolvedetroit.com. There's a donate button there. Uh, we have some great merchandise coming on. If you'd like to purchase something from the Drew and Mike store.com, I'm especially happy with the hats that will be available mm. any day now. Um, yes. 
We're still working on the pricing. It's going to be somewhere between free and hundred dollars. We'll let you know when we land. But if you want to check out that or any of our other great products, you can go to Drew and Mike's store. Dot com and I'm getting ready to show people the picture, but we're all Facebook. We're yeah, all we are, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're all audio at this point. You can post so, something. And we'd also like to remind you that May is Mental Health Awareness Month. There's never a bad time to talk to someone if you're dealing with dark thoughts. Just as there's never a bad time to reach out to someone who may be in pain. So take some time to be kind to yourself and to somebody else. Amen. So, amen. boys, before we uh, encourage people to subscribe to share the podcast, to rate it. Uh, any last words, any deep thoughts? Well, you know how you have uh, a friend over to hang out, have a couple of beers, maybe even for dinner, and it's uh, time to go, and you walk them to the door, and they sit there in the foyer, if you have a foyer like you do, Mike. For those of us in little apartments, you know, you just stand at the door, and you're waiting for them to go. I, I think we're about that time right now, so let's let's go. <laughs> I, I would have said when you didn't call it a foyer, it was time to go. But, uh, but as, 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 in Gross Point, it's pronounced foyer. Yeah, <laughs> true. Uh, I guess so. I'd never been there. You, that's, that's, that's some knowledge you brought back from your cultural exchange. Anyway, um, we encourage you to listen to all the Red Shovel Network shows. That includes Charlie Adolph's No BS News Hour, No Filter Sports with Eli, Denny, and Bob, and of course, Drew and Mike podcast, where occasionally you'll hear some left-wing garbage from people who have been <laughs> soaking in the rain with a bunch of folks who uh, want to take down the government. You know, I don't know, maybe they just got a little salty anyway. So. Anyways, we appreciate you listening. We're all in this together, so please come back, and if we're screwing it up, let us know. It makes for a good time. You have been listening to ML Soul of Detroit on the Red Shovel Network. Cyrus, take us out. Hey, get out of here. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you now here is our star to tell you about next week's story next week three sets of twins two men two girls and two fires that hit the coast of florida with the impact of a hurricane join us won't you yours truly ml elric Yours truly, M.L. Elric, starring M.L. Elric. Originates in Hollywood. Written by Charles B. Smith. It is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in tonight's cast were Virginia Gregg, Forrest Lewis, Lou Merrill, Lawrence Dobkin, and Frank Gersel. Musical supervision is by Amerigo Marino and Carl Fortina. Be sure to join us next week, same time and station. Mark Fellhauer. Speaking. <laughs> <laughs>